Let's get into the Word for a little bit, shall we? Turn in your Bibles tonight to 1 John chapter 5, verse 18. I'm going to start a little mini-series called The Untouchables. Um, you know, uh, years ago there was a, a show called The Untouchables. Of course, you have to kind of grow up in the era that I grew up in to recognize that. Elliot Ness and all those guys. But in Christ Jesus, by the grace of God, we can be and we are declaring that we are untouchable. Now I want you to notice this little verse in 1 John 5, 18. It says, We know that whosoever is born of God sins not, but he that is born of God keepeth himself. That's a big key right there. And that wicked one does not touch him. The Passion says, We know that none of the God-born makes a practice of sin or fatal sin, but the God-born are also, I like this, God-protected, And the evil one can't lay a hand on them. The NLT says this. We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning, but God's Son holds them securely, and the evil one cannot touch him. And so it's so important that you and I get in the zone and stay in the zone. Somebody says, what is the zone? Well, I believe the zone is the 91st Psalm. And as you look at the 91st Psalm, you'll see a lot of truth in there which talks about dwelling in the secret place of the Most High and abiding under the shadow of the Almighty and then declaring of the Lord that you that He is your refuge, that He is your fortress, that He is your God, and in Him you trust and you rely completely. Amen? Amen. One writer said it this way, We were witnesses to the things no other generation before has seen. Past generations have seen terrible things like disasters and families of gigantic proportions, famines of gigantic proportions. The difference is we are seeing and experiencing them one right after another all over the earth. We need to get in the zone. The zone is the secret place of the Most High. We have a covenant with God and because of that covenant, if we do keep ourselves... If we live for Him and live right and make sure that we're obeying Him and pleasing Him in all of our ways, we become men and women that are untouchable. In Proverbs 19.23 it says, The fear of the Lord tends to life. That's a part of keeping yourself. Keeping yourself in the reverential fear of the Lord. It leads to life. Then one rests content, untouchable touched by trouble now that does not mean trouble's not going to come our way trouble comes our way just like every day right but what did jesus say he said be not he said in john 6 uh 16:33, he says um in the world you're going to have tribulation or trouble but be a good cheer i've overcome the world and then the psalmist said in psalm 34 many are the afflictions of the righteous But the Lord delivers us out of a third of them. Out of all of them. Amen. Expect to be delivered. I love this uh, passion translation of Proverbs 19.23. He says, When you live a life of abandoned love, the fear of the Lord, surrendered before the awe of God, here's what you will experience. Abundant life, continual protection, and complete satisfaction. Praise God. Now we know... What the 103rd Psalm says, it's a great, great set of scriptures there. 
I think in verse 1 he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And then in verse 2 he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Then he goes on to list what those benefits are. Who forgives all thine iniquities, who heals all thy diseases. Next verse, verse 4. Here's what I want you to see. He redeems our life from destruction. So we know the enemy is the destroyer and he wants to destroy our lives, but our Redeemer redeemeth us every time destruction comes our way. Now that word redeemeth, if I had time to look at it more closely, that word redeemeth means he does it on a consistent and on a continual basis. But not only does he do that, he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, which we referred to earlier. And then notice with me in verse 5, he says, He satisfies your mouth with what kind of things? With good things, so that your youth renewed like the eagles. So I want to talk just a little while tonight about this wall of redemption that is provided for God's covenant kids. You know, over in Galatians 3.13, you're familiar with this verse. He says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Verse 14, That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus, uh, that they might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen? Amen? So I just dropped by to tell you tonight that you've been redeemed. And the word redeemed means you've been purchased, you've been ransomed, you've been paid for, hallelujah. You have been rescued and you have been protected. He paid a mighty high price for our redemption. One translation of 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, God bought you with a high price. We have not been redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, but we have been redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. Say with me, thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for my Redeemer. I know one thing for sure. My Redeemer liveth. Hallelujah. Come on, let's say it again. My Redeemer liveth. You ask me how I know He lives? He lives within my heart. We've come too far to be talked out of our redemption. We've come too far to be talked about what belongs to us in Christ Jesus. Amen? And so he always protected his kids, especially when his kids and his children would be in alignment with his will, his alignment of obedience. For example, now in Exodus 18, 23, he says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put a division between my people and your people. That word division means I'm going to put a wall of redemption between the people of God and those that are their enemies. In this case, the Egyptians. Amen. In Exodus 9 verses 4 through 6, he says, And the Lord shall sever between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt, and there shall nothing die of all that is the children's of Israel. Isn't that good? Now notice that with me, that word sever. That means I'm going to make a big difference between the two. 
I'm going to make a huge distinction between those that are in covenant with me and those that are strangers for the, from the covenant of promise. Their cattle are going down, but my kids' cattle are going to make it. Amen? Now in Exodus 9.26, he says this, Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, there was no hail. So it howled on them, but it didn't howl on the children of the covenant. Amen. Then in Exodus 10, 23, it says, But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Children of light can expect to be lit up. You know, there's a lot of talk about the grid, a lot of talk about this, a lot of talk about that. I get tired of all that talk. I'd rather talk God talk than doubt, doubt talk. How about you? Doubt talk is toxic talk. Ed Dufresne used to call it toxic talk. It's toxic. But I want you to notice now that there was light in the children of Israel's dwelling, but there was no light in their dwelling. And it was all because of the blood that he told to put there on the doorpost of their homes. In Exodus 12 and verse 13, he says, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, what's going to happen? I'm going to pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. I don't think that we should play around with this revelation of the blood of Jesus. We preach on the blood a lot in this blood-bought church. But we don't want to allow this understanding and this revelation of the blood of Jesus to be second-hand. Folks, we're living in dangerous times. We are living... In the last days, where the Bible talks about that people are going to be unthankful, they're going to be unholy, it's the ungeneration. That's what Mario Marilla calls them. And so we must be conscious every day of taking faith in the blood of Jesus and proclaiming the blood of the Lamb over our houses, over our children over our grandchildren, over our church, over our communities. I mean, when you go to the grocery store, I'll tell you what, on the way you just plead the blood. You plead the blood of Jesus before you go into that grocery. How many of you know there's crazy people out there? You get on a jet, you better plead the blood. Amen. Glory to God. So, I just want to remind you tonight... That is in Him that we have redemption. And faith in the blood will see you through. Faith in the blood will keep your property safe. Faith in the blood will keep the wrong people away from your loved ones. I mean, we're doing it right now. We're pleading the blood of Jesus over our grandkids. We got three real pretty girls. And we ain't going to let no wolves get near them. We're pleading the blood over them. 
Somebody said, well, they're just six and 12 years old. Right. We're not going to wait till they're 16 or 18 to do that. We're going to do it right now. We're going to be praying about their mates right now. The right one. At the right time. Amen. And I'll tell you another area we need to be pleading the blood of Jesus over is our finances. You don't know what in the world is going to happen in this crazy world. You don't know what's going to happen to the economy. But I tell you what, heaven's economy is always solid, it is always stable, and heaven's economy is a sure deal. So we want to align our lives with heaven's economy, amen? Do what we know to do, invest here, invest there, but for heaven's sake, be led by the Holy Ghost. And plead the blood of Jesus over every decision that you make. Every walk, every step you take. Be mindful of your covenant that you have with God. Don't just speak the 91st Psalm when things are bad. Speak the 91st Psalm when things are good. The enemy come along and say, how come you're speaking that? There's nothing going on. Yeah, that's right, devil. And there ain't going to be nothing either. Anyway, I'm up here on my Holy Ghost soapbox. Look at Colossians chapter 1, 12 through 14. I get excited. Do you get excited? I get excited about the Word. This Word is alive. Amen? This Word is alive. It's abundantly blessed. Praise God. Notice this with me. Give joyful thanks to the Father. Can we do that right now? Amen. Give thanks to God. In everything, give thanks. In your kitchen. In your car. In your PJs. Give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. Verse 13. Read it with me. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. Verse 14. In whom we have redemption, even the forgiveness of sins. Woo, glory to God. We're not about to get redeemed. We have redemption. And part of our redemption is protection. Thank God. Aren't you glad for protection? Wow. You have no idea how many times God spared your life. You just... You, eternity will reveal all that He's done for you. Man, think about it. He's so good to us. His goodness has kept us alive for such a time as this. We could be dead. We could be long gone. But thank God you and I are alive. He's kept us alive for the last days. These are the last days. These are the best days. It's the worst days for many. But it's the best days for you and for me. 
And it sounds a little glib, but he does save the best for the last. These are the best days to be serving God. And did you know that the awakenings that happened in the past happened during a time of great trouble? There was so much going on in the land and in those different continents. But God showed up. And God showed out. You either have to be dumb, dishonest, or ignorant to, to think that there's nothing going on in this land. There's a lot going on. But God. But God. But God who is rich in mercy. The best days. These are harvest days. These are days of heaven upon the earth. These are days of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Just watch what God will do in your life. Just watch what God will say through you to others. Just watch who God will heal as you lay hands on them. And the emphasis is not on us. The emphasis is on Him. Because any time and every time something good happens, well, here's what we do. We give God the glory. Come on, lift your hands and let's give God the glory. We give you the glory, Lord. We give you the praise. We thank you, Lord, for it. In Psalm 91, verse 7 and 8, it says, A thousand shall fall at thy side. Ten thousand may fall at your right hand, but it's not going to come near you. Only with your eyes shall behold and see the reward of the wicked. The NLT says it this way. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Let's say this together. Those evils are not going to touch me. They're not going to touch my loved ones. not going to touch my property. Not going to touch our church. Not going to touch our property here. Untouchables. The untouchables. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I like that. So these walls of redemption, there's, there's four of them that I want to talk to you about. I'm not going to get to all of them tonight, but the first one is the Word. It's our wall, it's our protection. It's what severs us between days of heaven on earth or tragedy. In Psalms 91 verse 4, he says this. He's going to cover you with his feathers and under his wings, what will you do? Now notice, his truth or his word shall be thy shield and buckler. The word shield there in the Hebrew means protection. A circle of of protection. Jesus said it this way in John 17, 17. He says, sanctify them through thy truth. Separate us from things that would want to touch us and destroy us. Separate us, sever us, sanctify us through your word. Your word is truth. And so it's vital that we get this word in us 
mix faith with the word that is in us and open our mouth boldly and say what the word of God says and you will be severed and you will be sanctified from the destruction that is in this world. Secondly, the blood. Everyone say the blood. blood. Here's what Psalm 91.10 says. Let's say it together. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague. Are there plagues out there? Well, the Delta variant's out there. I don't fear the Delta variant. Why? Because I'm declaring that no evil is going to befall not only me and my family, but you. Neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. Then we better read it again. Did I lose somebody? All right, let's read it again. There shall no evil befall thee. No evil is going to befall you going to keep us all free from accidents. Amen? Amen. I don't know if Grace is here tonight or not, but her son Richie, the other day, was on the freeway, and we had prayed for protection over our loved ones here at the church. And what could have been a tragedy, what could have killed Richie, just a young man, He was kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Oh, there was a pileup, all right, but he walked out of his car. Hallelujah. Come on, to God be the glory. Come on, guys. To God be the glory. Just how far will your faith reach? Your faith will reach to those that you are in community with. Your faith will reach very far to those you have relationships with. Your faith and applying the blood can reach to your relatives in Phoenix, Arizona. I have one brother that's alive. My brother Tim went to be with the Lord when he was 54. I'm 70 now, and he was two years older than me. Tim and I were very close. We weren't so close when I went into the ministry, but I get that. But near the end of his life, he reached out. And we went to healing school in Tulsa, and he he got hold of something there at Tulsa. And, And then a year or two later, he lost it. But... He's in heaven. He's in heaven. He's in heaven. My sister Lucy went home to be with the Lord. Was it 2013? 2013. She's with Jesus. Remember we were down in Phoenix with Uncle Bill one day? Uncle Bill was in the military. He got shot down in the Korean War. Brenda led Uncle Bill to Jesus. 
just how far will your faith reach? It'll reach into the lives of those, even though they don't live in the city that you have a relationship with. It'll reach your mamas. It'll reach your papas, the mamas and the papas. It'll reach your loved ones. How many of you will just pray with me? Because we're going down to Southern California next week and we're going to visit my oldest brother, Danny. How many of you agree with me that Danny's going to make it into heaven? Let's pray for him right now. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we hold up John Daniel Thomas right now. And Lord, if he's not saved, we claim his deliverance. We claim his salvation in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus over him and over his loved ones. In Jesus' name. Faith is a victory, folks, that overcomes the world. Hallelujah. We can't please him without it, but thank God we've got it. This just is in my spirit tonight. Just how far? Will your faith reach? Who glory to God. The blood will never lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountain. What's the next verse? It flows to the lowest valley. Hallelujah. All the blood that keeps me what? Strength from day to day. It will never, it'll never, it'll never lose its power. And so faith in the blood in your heart and coming out of your mouth is a powerful thing. So let's exercise faith in the blood for all of our loved ones. And what I have in my spirit is for protection from them, protection for them from accidents. Right now in the name of Jesus. We exercise faith in the blood of Jesus over our loved ones tonight. Oh, Father, glory to God. Glory to God. We come against evil that would come against them. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that you said that you're upholding all things. That means our loved ones. You're upholding all things by the word of your power. And we praise you for it. In Jesus' name. And then let's get the angels involved. In Psalm 91, 11, and 12, he's given his... Hallelujah. Stand up, Raul. He's given his angels charge over you in all of your assignments. He's going to keep you in all of your ways. He's going to keep you strong. He's going to keep you healthy. And he's going to cause your tongue to become as the pen of a ready writer. And so shall you speak forth the word of God. Great power shall flow. And people in the Philippines shall come to know that there is a God who's good and whose hand is upon them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. They've tried to shut you all down too long. And now it's payday. Recompense. Recompense in those cities 
in the name of Jesus. For the cries, the cries of those in the land have come before me, saith the Lord. And I've heard their cries, and I've come down in a mighty way to set things straight and to set things right. And you have a part in it, saith the Lord. So rejoice and be glad, for the best days are ahead for the Philippines. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. And you and I have a part in that. We may not be going with our feet, but we're going with our finance. We're going with our prayers. No man called of God can do what he's called to do by himself. He or she needs a company of believers that will offer their supply and resource the vision. And as the resources are dispensed, the rewards shall follow. Not just a reward for the pastors and the prophets and the apostles and the associates, but rewards for all that offered their supply of help. Helping in prayer. Helping in faith. Helping with our resources. Come on, let's raise our hands. Pray this out of a heart full of love. Lord God, help me to help. Help me to be a greater blessing than I've ever been before. Hallelujah. Oh, <laughs> I felt that. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> wow, thank you, Jesus. He'll give His angels charge over all of us. Going to keep us in all of our ways. That's especially when our ways are going His way. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Hebrews says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who are heirs of salvation? Psalm says, The angel of the Lord encamps around about those that fear Him. And it delivers us. You watch it. In these last days, great deliverances are going to come by the ministry of of angels. And I do believe that God's going to open several people's eyes to see in the realm of the Spirit, but you don't necessarily have to see an angel to know that an angel is there and the angel is working. They're on assignment for you and in your life. So don't let them stand around your home with their wings folded. Give them something to do. Give them something to do. Take your hands off my money, devil. Ministering in the name of Jesus. Ministering spirits, go and cause the money to come. Hallelujah. And then lastly, the name. Everyone say the name. 
See, these are our walls of protection. It's the Word, it's the blood, it's the angels, and it is the name. And just let me remind you, in Psalm 91, 14, because you have set your love upon Him, He will deliver you. He will set you on high because you have a revelation of His name. Amen. And in Proverbs 18, 10, it says, read it with me, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. Are you righteous? Are you running into His name? Are you running with the name? Then you're safe and you're untouchable. Because God has highly exalted Him and given us the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things or beings in heaven, of things or beings in the earth, or things and beings under the earth. And every tongue Every tongue's going to have to bow their knee. I guarantee you, Khrushchev has got to bow his knee. Lenin's got to bow his knee. Marx has got to bow his knee. Every tongue shall confess. Stand up, everybody, and let's rejoice that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.